Hello everybody and welcome back to Witch Fix. I recently got the news that I would be starting a sort of long-term temp assignment, so I would be actually earning some money because, as you probably have realised, I don't make any money from doing this podcast. It's purely for my own and your enjoyment, so hooray. But that meant that in the prospects of earning to come, I could justify spending a couple of quid here, a couple of quid there on some new witchy movies. So I went through my watch list on eBay and was like, okay, what have we got? And what we got was Witchcraft, which was released in 1988, is 90 minutes long and is a certificate 18. Now, I didn't realise going into this that I was actually watching the first film in a series of 16 other movies. I only found that out when I went to look it up on Wikipedia afterwards to get some information about when it was made and who was in it and all that lovely stuff that I couldn't be bothered to find out before watching the film because I like to go into these films not knowing a whole lot about them. Unfortunately the back of the box didn't agree because it told me the entire plot which was unfortunate but yes this is the first instalment in a 16 film franchise uh, which I think makes it one of horror's like longest franchises or something according to the Wikipedia page anyway. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to watch the other ones in the series but this one wasn't terrible and I'm going to get into that now. Uh, so as I've already said the plot was given away to me by the back of the box so this is going to be quite a spoilery review. I'm going to give a brief outline of generally what genre the film falls into and if that sounds good to you you can go away and watch it but be aware that if you continue listening to the episode you are going to get spoiled for basically the entire plot of the movie. I would describe this film as being very much like Rosemary's Baby or The Omen just not as good in that it centers around some of those same subjects of like paranoia, the fear of like the new mother, something demonic and witchy going on involving the child that's a recent arrival in the family and things being hidden or not fully explained or revealed to the parent. I would also say that the film has pretty good practical special effects. The dialogue and acting is solidly fair to above average uh, in terms of terrible horror films. I'm not saying that this is going to win an Oscar for its dialogue but at least the dialogue makes sense and seems like an actual human would have said it, and that the plot is reasonably well put together and well explained, even if a couple of elements are just kind of left dangling there. Uh, but it's still a reasonably satisfying watch, and I tentatively recommend it if you're hankering after a kind of witchy film of a, a more 1980s vintage. With that in mind, I'm going to plunge straight into my review for it. You have been warned about the spoilers. So we open on quite a scary and graphic witch burning. I am going to give trigger warnings for this because there's quite a lot of like graphic flashbacks uh, towards events that include suicide and also people being burned. So either of those things is going to trigger you. Keep that in mind. But the opening of the witches being dragged out of their home and burned, uh, it's a man and a woman. Uh, they're burned at the stake by a bunch of people wielding giant crosses. This is intercut with a sort of weird occult ritual and also a seemingly modern woman giving birth. And by modern, I mean she looks like she's in the 1980s instead of the 1600s. She then gives birth. A husband and a friend of the family are waiting in the waiting area. The husband um, is allowed to obviously go in and see his wife, but the friend has to wait there. Her name is Linda. Then Linda sneaks into the lady's hospital room. That lady's name is Grace. Uh, in a very weird, like, kind of Benny Hill sequence, you see her kind of crab walking along a corridor and then going one way down a corridor and then coming back the other way. And, like, there needed to be a laugh track over the top. It was kind of very weird. But anyway, they both go and see Grace. And 
John, who is her husband, drops the bombshell that they are going to be moving in with his mother because he'll be working and she'll need help with the new baby. And it just makes sense. God damn it. So she leaves hospital and gets taken to the world's most creepsome house. Kind of looks like the house uh, from that series one episode of Buffy where they introduce witches as a thing and they go to Amy's house and it's all like scary and weird but also mildly suburban so just picture that the mother is all at once very sinister she kind of put me in mind of the grandmother from flowers in the attic if you've ever seen that movie um she's also very proprietorial over the baby she takes the baby off of grace and then shuts herself in the nursery with him while john the husband takes grace and puts her to bed with a cup of disgusting tasting tea which his mother has made for her um, I don't know what this tea was meant to do. If it was meant to induce either horrifying nightmares or if it was meant to fail at putting Grace to sleep, then it worked. But basically what happens is she drinks it, she goes to sleep, but then she wakes up and she looks out the window and sees some sort of weirdness in the garden. She goes downstairs and finds like a fully fledged satanic altar in the garden with her mother-in-law and her husband worshipping in front of it. And they both pick up like chunks of meat from a body of an animal, which looks really crap. It looks like someone's stolen a puppet from Sesame Street and dumped a load of liver into it. But OK, they both pick up some raw meat and eat it. And then her mother-in-law turns around to look at her and lets all the blood run out of her mouth. It's all very Sharon Needles. It, it's a moment. Anyway, then uh, Grace wakes up in bed and presumably thinks that that was all a nightmare. I wasn't really sure what to think of it, but I was going to go with it actually happened because it made the story more interesting. And lo and behold, you do find out that it actually did occur because although Grace looks out of the window at the garden and sees no traces of the setup she saw the previous night, the camera goes down there and you see like a lump of meat and an eyeball, which is you know telltale evidence grace then follows up this quite harrowing night and also having recently given birth to a baby so you think she just wanted to lie down but she's no slacker is our grace she then goes down into what is either a basement or an unused area of the house um, to investigate everything's covered in dust sheets and we all know that dust sheets are like the bedrock of horror and then a slidey door in the wall opens next to her and she gets scared by her mother-in-law and the creepy mute butler whose name is Ellsworth and they basically tell her that this area of the house isn't in use it's off limits and she should probably you know stay out of there she then goes to call her priest which I think is pretty sensible under the circumstances and asks him to come and bless the baby he agrees to come over and uh, he then interrupts the most boring slash awkward post baby shower ever which is just like five old men the mother-in-law and the husband sitting in a circle with Grace in very awkward silence. And occasionally one of them will just say, oh, what a cute baby. And then one guy just kind of shoves some cake in his mouth and then goes, yes, yes, directly at the camera, which is very odd. But thank God her friend Linda turns up to liven things up. I really like Linda as a character because out of the two of them, Linda and Grace, Linda is the better actress. So I kind of wish she had been around more because grace doesn't seem to really emote a lot she kind of just always acts like she's been woken up from a nap anywho linda has a little present for the baby it's like a weird plastic ball thing an old dude pervs on linda's butt and so linda and grace decide to get out of there and go on a little tour of the house at which point they then get scared by Ellsworth the butler again that's not a very interesting segment but then father james turns up 
and he goes into the living room to see John holding the baby and he sees flames around John and the baby and kind of freaks out to the extent that he like starts basically sweating milky liquid. It's like really, really odd. He looks like he's done a 10k on the surface of the sun or something. He, he does not look a well man. So he goes to throw up in the bathroom and he looks into the mirror above the sink and he sees a vision of the witch burning stuff from the beginning of the film and also a crib on fire. So nothing good is happening we're, we're pretty sure of that father james for some reason decides not to bless the baby then and there um i think the grandmother kind of insinuates that he might be ill and shouldn't be allowed near the baby but he tells grace to bring him to the church tomorrow for a baptism and he gives her a rosary then there's just a really random scene where grace comes into the kitchen later and she gives ellsworth a white chrysanthemum that she's picked in the garden and is like i picked you this flower and then she leaves and he kind of picks it up and carries it off, I guess, because he likes flowers. It's really odd. Then it's nighttime again and Grace goes for another nighttime wander wearing yet another white nightgown. I think you see her in five separate different diaphanous um, horror film lead character white nightgowns. So clearly she's collecting these things. But she goes for another little wander, goes to the forbidden part of the house and pulls a haunted dust sheet off of a mirror and then briefly sees some people behind her in, in the room, but then they disappear. So there's something weird about this mirror. I'm, I don't know what it is, but something weird. The next day she calls the priest again, which I mean, I would probably go and see him. A lot of weird shit's happening, but he doesn't pick up and it turns around that he's not picking up because he's too busy reading a book with like a big pink ribbon bookmark thing on the front um and also praying and talking about satan and when he turns around to the camera you see that he's now covered in disgusting boils and he has um, his hands all bandaged up like he decided to play catch with some sort of flaming object so he's not doing too good he sort of turns around to the camera and says grace and then we cut to a scene where Grace goes downstairs again to look at the creepy mirror and it's just that voice clip of him saying Grace over and over and over again and then we cut to a completely different scene so like nothing happens. Uh, this is a really fascinating part of the movie where it's just Grace and Linda in the garden chatting and raking leaves and Linda can't open a bottle of soda. Oh girl talk. But then Grace just randomly mentions that she likes gardening and that she used to help her dad and then there's quite a harrowing flashback to what looks like a murder-suicide uh, with this kind of bloody beaten body in a bed um, that's kind of indistinguishable as to who it was meant to be and then her dad just hanging in a coat closet. So it's sort of implied that you know he killed her mum and she says that she still doesn't understand why he did it and maybe madness runs in the family. So it kind of feels like they're setting up this idea of maybe she's going nuts, maybe she isn't. But I think it's all fair to say that when you're watching a horror film and they try and do that, you know the horrifying stuff is actually happening. Like No one is ever actually crazy in a horror film, unless they pretended to be fine all along. There follows the world's loudest dinner with the world's loudest silverware. It was literally like nails on a chalkboard, forks just being like dragged across plates and like squeak, squeak, squeak. And I was just like, oh, I can't watch this. And also, because it's a horror movie, we get close-ups of the supposedly evil people eating a lot of rare meat. Um, and then we see, like, another bunch of blood come out of Elizabeth, the mother-in-law's mouth, like, kind of hearkening back to that weird satanic thing we saw earlier. It's safe to say that the wind is now officially up, Grace, and she's a little bit 
worried um they also then give her some more of that weird tea she puts on like her 108th white lacy nightgown but then nothing happens like she doesn't see anything else at night i i don't know what the tea is for at this point because if it was meant to make her sleep on the first night that she had it it didn't fucking work this is just over halfway in the film i will say that it had built up this kind of nice tour atmosphere where there was definitely something going on, and had I not read the back of the box, I would not have known exactly what it was that was going on. So the back of the box really kind of just shot my enjoyment for the movie in the face. But if I hadn't known that, it would have been quite a tense and interesting setup. We then see a, a scene of just Grace lovingly repotting what looked to me like a plastic pot plant. And then there's some like weird creaking sounds. And then the priest just kind of falls out of the tree next to the giant patio window next to her and is just hanging and dead and covered in even more boils now which is obviously very distressing linda then has to come over to like obviously comfort grace in her time of need because she's just seen her priest die um linda always shows up um in these like scenes showing a little leather mini skirt little high heel shoes and a kind of poofy shirt because it's the 80s but this time she is wearing all black and i was like oh maybe she's a witch and then i realized that Perhaps the leather miniskirt was in deference to the passing of Father James, which is pretty classy. I love you, Linda. They go to check out the forbidden area because I guess that's all cheer Grace up. And they find a painting of two people, a man and a woman from the 1600s. One of them is pregnant, obviously the woman. I don't know why I said it like that. But then the um, picture kind of looks like the figures that Grace saw behind her when she first looked into the mirror. So that's like a callback. And then Grace directs Linda's attention to the mirror and says that she saw Father James hanged in the mirror before it happened. And I was sitting there like, did she? I don't remember seeing that. That's really weird. So I had to quickly rewind the DVD, which is difficult to do on the Xbox. But then I went back to the scene where you just hear that same clip of someone saying Grace over and over again, which is the priest's voice. And then at the end, there's this kind of like whooshy noise, like a which I assume we were meant to construe as him hanging himself, because that's what a whoosh noise always means, apparently. But OK, I guess it was in the film. Uh, Linda seems to be very much of the opinion that Grace is just stressed. So and Grace hands her the rosary the priest gave her to, I guess, protect Linda from whatever the fuck's going on. For some reason, this is the night Grace chooses to be all like, make love to me, John. And then she like kind of jumps on him and tries to instigate stuff. But he throws her off because I guess dead priests don't make him horny um, like they do her. So I wasn't really sure at this point who the Satanist was meant to be, to be frank. They then fight a little bit, but then they make up and then they have sex tastefully off screen. But when they wake up, Grace is all, I want to move back into our house, which is a reasonable request. And he responds by saying that they lost the house because it was burned down a week ago and he just didn't know how to tell her. So now thoroughly irked. Grace bundles up the baby to go and check on the smouldering pile of wreckage that is their house, but Grandma won't let the baby out of her sight, so grudgingly Grace goes by herself to where the house used to be. Surely enough, it is a pile of wreckage cordoned off with yellow tape, but then a neighbour comes over and comments that the fire happened the previous night. Clearly, John is lying, something's going on. Grace rushes home, but the house is empty, so she tries to open the secret slidey door from earlier, but can't. She then has a vision of the mirror, um, basically all the stuff that's happened in the movie so far, like the burning of the witches 
and all of that witchy stuff. And then her wrists spontaneously just kind of like slash themselves. And she wakes up in bed with her wrist bandage and everyone gathered around her being very concerned. I really wish that the actress playing Grace could have just carried this off a little bit better. It felt like everyone else was doing a reasonably okay job, but she was just a bit kind of limp and a bit rubbish at acting. Um, although there was one scene later on in the film where she re really does quite good work. There's then a sequence where um, Grace goes down to the mirror room and finds the rosary that she gave to Linda, but it's now in the mirror room. Uh, and then she wakes up to find Linda sitting by her bed, but she is now holding the rosary. So like Grace has the rosary in her hand and Linda is surprised because she left it at her house. She asks Grace where she got it and then the two of them go into the forbidden zone. While down there they have become separated, Linda finds the pink ribbon book that the priest had. Presumably his diary, I don't know. But in it there are details of the history of John and Elizabeth Stockwell who lived in the house where they are now in the 1600s and were burnt for being witches and that Elizabeth was apparently pregnant when this happened. Linda then gets murdered in a super shitty, schlocky way. Um, it was a very Midsummer Murders moment because she turned around and went like, oh, it's you, and then screamed. Blood went everywhere and then her head came off. Or, you know, a cabbage wearing her wig. But uh, I felt like Linda deserved better, so that annoyed me a little bit. Grace, after finding Linda's floating severed head, decides that she's had enough, quite understandably. She runs to the nursery to try and find her son to take him out of the house, but her son isn't there, and instead someone has installed a fog machine. She finds and goes down a secret staircase to find a super secret ritual room, complete with a, a big like, inverted cross on the altar. John is wearing a Dracula cloak with a really high collar, which was hilarious, and then... Elizabeth turns up and she announces that she and John are the Stocktons. Stockton? Stockwell? They're those guys from the 1600s and that she is really pleased because Grace has brought back the child that she lost when she was burnt at the stake. So they're like reincarnated. They then tie Grace down, drizzle her with blood and appear to be about to stab her when Ellsworth turns up and stabs John because I guess he just really loved that chrysanthemum super duper muchly and cannot bear to see poor Grace get stabbed. At this point John turns into a skeleton, surprising everybody, which was, I mean, a neat trick and I wish he'd done it earlier on in the movie. Elizabeth then kills Ellsworth because he killed John and then Grace kills Elizabeth because she's just sick of her, I guess. And then Elizabeth turns into a skeleton, which is obviously slightly less surprising than when John did it. Grayson takes the baby from this like tiny little red tent on the altar and picks him up and is then illuminated against the cross behind her, which is now not inverted. And all this like bright white light comes out and then the credits roll. After all that, I didn't think the movie was actually that terrible. As I said, it kind of reminded me of things like Rosemary's Baby and The Omen. Uh, it was not as good as either of those movies, but... It definitely had sort of a taste of them, sort of the way that when you buy cheap uh, supermarket coffee, it kind of has the same taste as a proper coffee. I mean, it's not the same thing, but it'll do in a pinch. Um, so I did kind of enjoy it. It definitely made sense. The story was reasonably well plotted. Um, what I didn't really understand, and this is the only kind of thing that irked me about the plot, was if Elizabeth and John were the reincarnations of themselves from the past, but they had been lovers then and this time around were mother and son. There must have been a point where Elizabeth was reincarnated as herself. 
And at some point she must have realised that she was like reincarnated as this person. And then she had to wait around for a really long time, presumably find some dude and get married or whatever, and then have a baby and then raise that baby until that baby could be John and could remember their past life together. Which seems like a very bizarre series of events and something that probably deserves a movie on its own because I don't think that's ever been done before. Otherwise, the acting was quite good, with the exception of the lady playing Grace, who was a little bit spotty. When she finds the severed head, she does do a really good scream. So I'm going to bump her up to like a six out of ten. Everyone else is kind of steadily at a seven and a half and eight throughout the movie. The mother-in-law is decently creepy. The special effects are basically just all physical effects, so they look quite good still. Like the people being burnt at the stake look all blistery and gross, which is pretty cool. I felt like it maybe started at a weird point, um, because going by the blurb on the back of the box, um, which I will read to you in a second, it makes it sound like it's going to start at the beginning of the uh, of John's relationship with Grace and her like conceiving this child and then giving birth to it but it just starts at the birth of the child which I felt was like weirdly in medias res for this but this is the blurb from the back of the box which really irritated me because it tells you literally everything that happens here goes in 1687 a young expectant couple are accused of practicing witchcraft and are burned at the stake 300 years later their souls have returned to the bodies of John and Elizabeth Churchill and they plot to be reunited with their unborn son William but Satan's children must be born of an innocent, God-fearing woman. John and Elizabeth masquerade as mother and son, and John marries Grace, a born-again former drug addict. Together they have the child that Grace has always wanted, but that dream soon disintegrates into a cruel nightmare as the innocent woman discovers she has given birth to a demon, one that will eventually destroy her. There is nothing in the film to really say that the child is a demon and not a regular baby. He just kind of sits there and giggles and mostly isn't on screen at all there's just like a bundle of blankets in someone's arms that you're told to believe to be William I don't know if there was even a baby in there so that was really weird to me but as you can see the rest of the plot is basically entirely outlined on the box which is unfortunate I had a quick look at some of the other films in the series they're like wikipedia pages apparently the series does descend rather swiftly into just like soft core porn with some schlocky horror elements but the second movie in the series seems to be about the kid from this one being adopted into a family of white witches and then dark witches turning up and trying to tempt him to the dark side i thought that might be quite interesting to review just because it has some good witches in it which might make a nice change because i swear most of the films that i've reviewed have had all the witches be the evil characters so i might get that one let me know if you know anything about this series of films because I had literally never heard of it until I ordered it two days ago. And I think you could probably do worse than maybe watching this one because it's not as bad as some of the other ones I've reviewed. It's definitely a bit dated, but it has a cohesive plot, reasonably good special effects. And if you haven't had the whole plot told to you by the blurb on the back of the box, it's a pretty good watch. And to be honest, even having the plot spoiled for me before I went into it, it was still a pretty good watch. It was kind of interesting to watch it all unfold with um, Grace not being any the wiser. So even if you have listened to the full episode and now know exactly what happens, go and give it a watch anyway because it's still pretty entertaining. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please remember that you can get in touch by all the means listed down below in the description box as well as checking out the Amazon wishlist and donating to the Patreon to support the podcast. In the meantime, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye!